Hey, this is Joseph Massonary. I'm the pastor at Cornerstone, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope this helps you build your faith. I hope in some way that God will challenge you with a new perspective as you listen. Enjoy the message. All right. Well, Tim Russell, come on up, sir. And it's an honor to have you here today. Yeah. I got my flowers yeah, looks ready good. to go. Good to see you. Looking sharp. And I just want to I just want to tell you, as he gets ready to share the word, I just want to challenge us, Cornerstone family. Are you ready to receive from the Lord today? Are you ready to receive? Because I, I, I really believe that this man, for some reason, I thought this man has a word for our church today and for tomorrow, and for weeks, and months, and years ahead. And so I just want to challenge you to just let the Holy Spirit cha- really interrupt your moment today. Whatever you're here thinking we're here to sell, I want, I want, the Holy Spirit has a word for you. He has a word to challenge you, to ignite something in you, to activate your faith. And I believe Pastor Tim is here to just bring it today. Is that right? Amen. All right, I'm done talking. Thank you. It's Thank cool you. to have a day off. Right, there man. we go. All right, All right. I'm going to turn All it right. over. All right. Wow, when he started talking about how great somebody is, I was like, who's he talking about? I mean, is there somebody else coming? <laughs> so, uh, I'm just honored to be here and be a part of this family. Been here for a few days and got to hang out with some magnificent leaders at Pastor Kent's church. And, and uh, I just am honored. Thank you all for hosting us, Pastor Kent and Lisa, so well this past week. And, and I'm just honored to be here. But I'm here to minister the word and do a job of just with all the leaders of Foursquare that are here today, lay hands on Pastor Joey and his wife. And as they, I saw somebody the other day say to someone who they were passing the baton to, they gave them a mic instead and they said, don't drop the mic. (laughs) And so that's the charge we're gonna give them in just a little bit. But before we do that, why don't you get your Bibles or your holy iPhones or holy Androids and let's lift them up, lift them up, lift them up. Let me see it. Ooh, remember, this is how you fight your battles right here. This is how you fight your battles. Say this with me. Say, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Father, we thank you for your word today. Your word that is a lamp unto our feet, shows us right where we're at, what you're working on what we're surrendering or need to surrender. You show us right where we're at. And it is a light unto our pathway. You show us where we are going. We give you praise and honor, God, for your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, it's a couple of things that I want to do. I just want to, I've been going around talking about dynamic faith, dynamic faith, dynamic faith. I think more than ever, the body of Christ needs to understand dynamic faith. As we step into this leadership role, it's dynamic faith that's going to carry us because there are times when you think, and remember I said the word you think, you think that what you've been called to do or what you've been asked to do is bigger 
than you're able to accomplish. It seems like a giant. It seems, and God will never call you to do anything that you can do without prayer, you can do without fasting, and you can do without just seeking his face. David said it best. David said, Lord, you can take everything from me, but one thing please don't ever take is your Holy Spirit. I need you, God. I need you. And my mom used to always tell me, she said, Tim, make sure God can trust you with what he's given you. Make sure he can trust you with his anointing. It's never yours, Tim. It's his. So honor it. I said, Mom, how can I honor it? She says, number one, remember your opinion is not truth. She says, all the education you think you have and all the training, remember your opinion is not truth. Always rely on the Lord Jesus Christ in all your ways. Acknowledge him so he can direct your steps. Know that you're nothing without him. And I remember throwing my hands up one day to God because the mountain was just too big. It was just too much. And I said, God, you don't need me to be you, but I need you to be me. You do not need me to be God. You are sovereign all by yourself. You are the great and magnificent God. There is nothing that can compare to you. You are God all by yourself. When I look up and see the clouds, you did that. When I look at the water that surrounds the world, you did that. God, you don't need me to be you, but I need you to get up every single morning. I need you to direct my steps. I need you to keep my mind right. I need your peace that surpasses all understanding. I need your joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. God, I just need you. Anybody just feel like you? I just need God. I need you to deal with me, God, because I'm, a, I'm just a little old boy that was abandoned and rejected and hurt. And God, I've had some experiences. I've had highs and I've had some lows and I've had all kind of stuff happen. And everything, every now and then those things try to creep up and speak to my, in my ear and try to tell me I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to be successful. I'm going to fall on my face. And, and just when the stage is big, that's when you're going to realize that you can't do it and everybody's going to laugh at you. And is that's the moment when God steps in and he says, no, it's not going to happen because my rod and my staff will always come you. Goodness and mercy will always follow you. Hallelujah. I'm going to always be with you. In your weakness, my strength is perfected. I heard a song this week that said, your grace is enough, written by New Hope Las Vegas. I said, man, I'm going to wait till you guys publish it, but I got to sing that. Your grace is enough. In my weakness, your strength is perfected, all right? So we're gonna talk about dynamic faith and, and, and I'm, gonna, I'm gonna really get a definition that God gave me and then we're gonna read one scripture, just one, and then I'm just gonna tie a story into the text and into the definition that God gave me. So look at what God gave me about dynamic faith. Dynamic faith is this. It is faith that trusts in God's word that is shown through our 
response in the midst of our circumstances. Let me read that again and break down some things here. It says, dynamic faith is faith that trusts in God's word or his truth. Remember Jesus prayed in John 17, he said this, he said, sanctify them or set them apart by your truth. Every single one of us live in a truth. We live in a cultural truth or we live in a truth that came about because of what we've gone through in life. We live in a truth or what we can call a reality. The things that we've experienced have shaped us. They've made us think certain ways, and they've made us feel certain ways. But God is saying, now that you're my child, I want you to study the Word of God. See, I don't study, and I know the pastors and preachers and teachers here will agree with me. I don't study to be a theologian. I don't study to argue Scripture. I don't study to debate Scripture. I don't study to look deeper than you. I study the Word of God because it says, study that I might be approved unto God. A workman that's not ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Because I realize that the word of God, the Bible contains the mind of God. The state of man. The way of salvation. The doom of sinners. And the happiness of believers. We read it to be wise. We believe it to be safe. And we practice God's word or his truth to be holy. Everything that I read, I don't like. Love your enemies. What? I was raised a certain kind of way. I'm going to get you before you get me. But here, I open the scripture, it says, love your enemies. Pray for those who despitefully use you. God, I don't even want to talk to nobody that despitefully uses you. And you're saying, pray for them? Why? Because his truth supersedes our truth. His truth has to rest upon our truth. I think I said this last year when I was here. I thought I was, uh, well, I, I really believed that I was going to die. I had this sickness that I couldn't get rid of. My body was not responding right. The doctors could not find out what was wrong. And I had begun to just literally say, I'm going to die. I didn't say this to my wife. I didn't want to worry her. What I did was I went in my closet and I grabbed the suit that I liked and I hung it a certain way and I got my shoes and I put my shoes a certain way. Because if anybody knows my wife, she's a little different than me and she may have dressed me a little crazy so I had my suit hanging a certain kind of way I made sure all my affairs were in order and I got my hair cut cut and I was like man I want to cut a certain way because I just knew at any given moment I was going to die and I was saying those kind of things I'm going to die I'm going to die I got to accept it I was trying to spend as much time with my kids because I just felt like what was going on I was retaining water I, 66 pounds of water I was retaining my heart I couldn't breathe everything was just going Going wrong and I knew I was going to die and I was speaking that language and I remember driving in the car one day and I was just looking up and just realizing well soon and very soon I'm going to see the king but then I began to hear a word in the back of my head that said this you will live and not die now, when I heard that, I didn't receive it. I still kept saying, I'm going to die. But I needed to listen to the word that I would 
be, that was being spoken into my life, and until I listened to it and received it, it had no authority to begin to change things. God said, my word is here for you, but until you listen to it and apply it, it has no authority to operate in your life the way I have intended for it to operate. The moment I said, I will live and not die, things began to change. The doctor called me and said, I think we found something. And then I went to the hospital and they put me on a regimen. And the next year, you know, the water began to come off. But it all started with me coming into alignment with what God had said. He said, I would live and not die. And when I received it and began to speak it and begin to come in agreement with it, then things began to change. Come on, give him praise. I looked in the mirror after all the water fall, fell off past Justin, and I said, look, baby, I'm looking like Denzel again. <laughs> she was like, I don't know about that. I said, no, you can I told her, line up with the truth, line up with the truth. <laughs> so faith is believing in God's truth. And it shows up in our response or our works. Now, we're not saved by works, but we're saved to do works. Let that sit on you for a moment. I'm not saved because of works, but I'm saved to do work. I have to be a living testimony of who God is. I got to be the Bible that somebody will read because they may never ever pick up a Bible, but I got to be the Bible. I got to be the joy of the Lord. I got to be the peace of God. I got to walk around and I got to be, hallelujah, what God has declared over this land. I got to have faith when others are falling apart. When the gas crisis hit and everybody was complaining about who was in office and this is going on and that's going on. I was like, why are you not mad? I said, well, I'm going to tell you why I'm not mad. He said, why? I said, I just asked my daddy for a bigger allowance because I serve a God that supersedes all this junk. I serve a God. Listen, do you remember when the children of Israel were in the wilderness? You know what happened? The Bible said this, that they were so thirsty that God caused a rock to open up and give them water. And if you really read the text, it'll say this. It says this, not only did he do it once, but the rock followed them in the wilderness. Can you imagine? I would have had faith that superseded faith if every time I turned around, I saw the rock, and every time I got thirsty, it opened up for me. I would have never murmured. I would have never complained. And then when they got hungry, he rained down bird steak from heaven. Woo! Gave them fresh bread. Man, if you got chicken and bread, you good. <laughs> In the midst of your circumstance, God says, I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. So our response is, God, I know who you are. One thing have I desired, and that will I seek after. I just want to dwell in your presence. I want to dwell in your house all the days of my life to behold the beauty of who you are, God. 
It's not the new car. It's not the new house. It's not how many chairs I got in my sanctuary. It's not anything. I just want to behold the beauty of who you are, God. I want to behold it. Why? Because I become what I behold, God. I just want to see you for who you are. You are my shepherd, therefore I shall not want. You are my light and my salvation, therefore I will not fear. You are the strength of my life. I don't have to be afraid. Even when the wicked and my enemies come upon me to eat up my flesh, they will stumble and fall. Why? Because you are God all by yourself. And nobody can take that from me. I can't get cut from that team. can't lose my position in God by what man says. I am who God said. And my mom always said, Tim, make sure God hires you because if God hires you, no man can fire you. So before I step into something, I ask God, I say, God, is this what you want me to do? Is God, is this what you've called me to do? Because if you've called me to do it, I know you'll give me the strength to stand. And having done all to stand, I'll keep on standing. And I'll be steadfast and immovable in this position because you've called me to stand in it. So here's my response to you, God. I trust you in the midst of my circumstance or in the midst of my issues. We all have issues, marriage issues, children issues, work issues, church issues. If you think you're going to go through this life without issues, you have an issue. We got lying issues. I was at the conference at Pastor Ken Lee's church, and somebody walked up to me and said, you look like Cedric the Entertainer. I said, you got an issue. <laughs> I don't receive that. <laughs> we all have issues. When my dad left when I was 12 years old, it created an issue in my heart. My hero walked out the door. Caused me not to trust relationships. Even to this very day, when people say, I just like being around you, the first thing I think is, what do they want? Why? Why do you like being around me? Even my own dad didn't want to be around me. Why do you want to be around me? And God says, no, Tim, don't live in that reality. Live in my truth. I've created you. I formed you before the foundations of the world. And I love this, how he told me. He, he, he said, before the foundations of the world, I knew you. I was the one that placed you in your mother's womb. I anointed you to be who you were. Listen, I know all the stuff has happened to you from the moment you were born. But before the foundations of the world, I've already spoken something over your life. And nothing that the devil speaks into your life can supersede what God has already spoken over your life. So tell your sons and Tell your daughters, I know you're going to go through things. Tell your husband, I know you went through things. Tell your wife, I know you experienced some things in life. But nothing that the enemy has tried to speak into your life can supersede the promises that God has already spoken. Give him a praise, somebody. Give him a praise, somebody. Give him a praise. So look at Hebrews 11 and 1, this one verse, and then we're going to tell a little story here in the Bible that was going to tie it all together. Hebrews 11 and 1. 
It says this. It says, now faith, now, and I'm reading from the Amplified, is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed. It, it, listen, it gives you the guarantee of the things that we hope for. Now, what I'm hoping for is what God has already revealed in his spirit. Unless I have intimacy with God, I will never hope for the things that God has already spoken over my life. I'll be hoping for a lot of other junk. And the enemy's trying to set me up. He wants me to hope for stuff that God never spoke so that those things can fail in my life or those things never come to pass in my life. But when I get in alignment with God and I find myself literally walking in God's truth, and living according to his truth, then I'm hoping for the right thing. Now, I can hope for dunking a basketball, but it ain't going to happen. I can show up to, you know, the basketball camp and say, I'm here, sign me. It's not going to, I'm hoping for the wrong thing. But if I hope for what God has revealed and God has shown, then I can, listen, live in the truth that that very thing is going to come to pass because I have the title deed. My son walked into the house. He's 15 now, and I'm just so proud of this young man. You know, he's just so brilliant, and he walked into the house at four years old, and, and then, you know, he came in, and I said, what do you want to eat, son? He opened the refrigerator door, and he began to point at what he wanted. He says, I want that, and 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 I want that. And then he, he closed the door. I remember this little old something just closed the door, and the way he walked to the master bedroom, he walked with such confidence and assurance that what he asked for was coming. He went and got on the bed. He crossed his legs, turned on the TV to SpongeBob SquarePants, <laughs> threw his hands in the back of his head, and he waited patiently. He didn't worry. He wasn't concerned. He knew what he asked for was coming. And I was so proud as a dad. I was so excited that what he saw in the refrigerator satisfied his need. And I began to put it on the tray. I was excited to put the juice box and, and all the little things, the Goberts and all stuff that just, that I was eating too. I was eating it too. I was eating it too. <laughs> the cheese sticks and all that. I put it on a tray and I began to walk towards the bedroom and I remember walking down the hallway as a proud father excited to give my son what he asked for based on what he saw in my refrigerator catch that he didn't ask for what he didn't see he asked for what he saw <laughs> Woo, church should be out right now all the chairs should be turned over Shouting music should be on. Listen, I began to walk down the hallway, and when I walked down the hallway, I could hear the Lord saying, Tim, that's what I want to do for you. So what do you want? He said, I want to give you the kingdom. But you got to know what's in my refrigerator. 
you got to spend some time with me and know what's in my refrigerator. And I began to weep and I began to cry. And my, I walked in there trying to hold it back and I gave it to my son and put the tray. Look, I'm the daddy and I'm serving him. I'm so excited to serve him. I'm putting the tray down. And I'm going, here you go, son. And I began to weep because I saw God saying, I want to do the same thing for you. Now faith is the title deed. It's the assurance of the things we hope for being the proof of things that we do not see. I don't see it, but I believe it. It's coming to pass. And the conviction and the conviction of their reality. The conviction of their reality. The conviction of their reality. Now, why is that important? In Daniel, the third chapter, here's the story I want to talk about. We read about three Hebrew boys. Pastors, I always wondered about this in Daniel the third. I wonder why in Daniel they called them Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I wonder why we preach that way, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I always wondered why we speak of them in their slave names. It's, it, it's right up the enemy's alley to get you to go by what you've been through or to be called based on your trial or your mistake or your issue or your bondage. Say that again. Or your bondage. I want to tell you something. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Let me say it over here. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And they can bring up your past, say, yep, I did it. Yep, I said it. Yep, I used to go there all the time. Yes, I tried that and I tried that, but Jesus has set me free. Hallelujah. And when he died on the cross and said, it is finished, he was talking about me. All of my pain and all of my struggle in that thing that he brought me out of is over. Well, why you still deal with it? Well, guess what? God is still bringing me through it, but I already got the victory. I'm not going to victory. I'm walking from a place of victory. I already have the victory. I'm more than a conqueror through he who loved me. He loved me. Gave me hope. So here it is, these three Hebrew boys known in their slave names as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego standing before the king because the king had erected a giant image that was 90 feet tall and nine feet wide. And he said, every time the music played, I want everybody to bow down to this golden image. When the music played, the three Hebrew boys refused to bow down. We're not bowing down. I believe that if they would have accepted the fact that they were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they would have bowed down. But their real names were, let me give you this, their real names were Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah. Now, why is that important? Because their real names meant something. Hananiah meant I'm a gift of God. 
Mishael means I am what God is. And Azariah, I am whom Jehovah helps. See, when you know who you are and you're living in the identity of God, then you won't bow down to what the enemy is trying to put in your face. I'm living in dynamic faith that's tied to who I am. Hallelujah. Who I am is tied to my faith. I am who God says I am. I'm not who you say I am. I'm not the thing that comes up every time you get mad, you want to call me this or that. I'm not even that in the midst of my mistakes. In my worst moment, I am still who God says I am. Woman, you are still who God says you are. Man, you are still who God says you are. Boy and girl, you are who God says you are. Well, who am I? Now I got to get on my face and say, God, who am I? mind who did you call me to be because that's the only way that I'm going to be able to stand against the kings and stand against the mountains and stand against the giants and stand against the issues that are coming the Bible said I am going to be troubled on every side but I'm going to stand even in my trouble I'm going to be pressed but I'm going to stand even in my pressing why because I know who I am I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. Who do you think you are? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> we hear that, uh, well, who do you think you are? Well, let me explain who I am. Before the foundations of the world, I was formed by God. Oh, oh, you think you're something. Well, no, I don't think I'm something. I know I am. Well, 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 that sounds arrogant. No, no, I'm not being arrogant within myself. I'm being arrogant in the fact of who God says I am. You can't rob me of that. You can't rob me of my identity. You can't rob me of my joy because I know who I am. And if God said it, it's coming to pass. You hear the boys are standing before the king and the king says, he says, listen, I heard you have not bowed down. The accusation has come. You're not bowing down when the music's played. I'm going to give you one more chance, one more chance to bow down to the God that I have set up for everyone to bow down to. I love how the three Hebrew boys acknowledged him. They said, King, look, look, when you know who you are, you can say this. Pastor Ken, you can say this. You can say this. Look, I ain't afraid of you. They, they literally said that, king, oh king, we are not afraid of you. I'm not, man, can you, can you say that to your issue? Can you look in the mirror and say, I am not afraid of that. I am not afraid of the issue. I am not afraid of my past anymore. I'm not afraid of the future anymore. It's all been covered by the blood of Jesus. He said, King, we're not afraid of you. The God whom we serve can deliver us out of your hands. And if he doesn't, it doesn't mean that he's not able. He's still God. Look at that. All because they knew I'm a gift of God. Look, the gift of God was speaking to the king. You got to know who we are, king. I'm a gift of God. I am what God is. Do you know what God is? We're not afraid of you. I am whom Jehovah helps. You better recognize that he'll show up 
and slay the giants that are in my life. The king got so mad. The king got so mad and furious that he said, light the furnace seven times hotter than it's ever been lit and send them down there to their death. They bound them hand and foot. You know what the amazing thing of the story is? They bound them hand and and they took them down there. The men that were taking them down there died. But yet they were standing there still alive. You know you are God's child when everything around you is falling and you're still standing. It was meant to harm you, but you're still standing. It was meant to tear your marriage up, but y'all still standing. It was meant to destroy your ministry, but you're still standing in it. Why? Because what God says cannot be broken. He said it will accomplish exactly what I sent out for it to accomplish, my word will yield the fruit that I have already declared that it would yield. The Bible says this, as I get ready to close, it says this, it says this, that they looked into the fire and they saw their Savior in there. Now I want you to see this because if you read the text it say, and they fell down. Now, I always thought when I was reading this growing up that somebody pushed them and they fell because someone pushed them or maybe they got kicked and I don't know if you've ever been humiliated or someone who tried to humiliate humiliate you by as a bully and you know as you're walking away sometimes they'll kick you in your back to let everybody laugh at you and I always thought well maybe they were kicked in their back and they were humiliated that way but there was nobody there because they were already dead I said well then God why did these three fall Why did the gift of God, why did what God is, and why did whom Jehovah help fall down if there was nobody there pushing on them? And then the revelation came. They didn't fall because they were pushed. They didn't fall because they were injured. They didn't fall because they were hurt. They fell because they were bowing down. They were worshiping what they saw. This church transitions God is going to begin to show you some new things. It's so easy to question the new things and to wonder about the new things. Because even myself, we get comfortable in the thing that we're comfortable in. We get comfortable in the thing that has sustained us for over 30 years. But here is God saying, I'm getting ready to show you some new things. We're not always prepared to see the new things, but God says, I want you to prepare your eyes to see the new things because what you see is going to be the catalyst in your new worship. Yeah, you may sing some of the same songs that you sang, and yeah, you may do some of the things that you were doing in the past, and you may walk in some of the things you walked in, but I want you to understand something. God is going to give you a new song that comes from the inside. And it's going to be based on what you see. You may not understand it, and that's when you're going to know it's God, because if we understand everything, then it's us. There's a way that seems right, 
to man, but the end thereof is destruction and death. I remember when God says, Tim, I want you to open up these campuses, and I want you to assign different ones to run the campus. Pastor Greg was the hardest thing to do, the, to go to the churches in Fremont and Hayward and just feel like, wow, what's my role now? I got these young leader couples that are running these campuses and they're making decisions and, and just the way God said do it and, and, and I'm not there that much and I'm only there maybe once a month and I want to be there more and when I'm there more I'm like yeah I'm there more and then God is saying yeah but I want you to go do this today and I'm like God I just want to hang out in the, what I'm used to hanging out in. And God begins to let me know, Tim, there's new wine I'm pouring. And I'm not saying that you're useless. I've just given you a new vision and a new purpose. And in these places that you're leading as a senior pastor, as an overseer, I've given new wineskin. And the more you step back, and the more you pray from a different platform now, the more I can show new vision. Oh, it's the hardest thing to do. Because I show up and I'll be like, well, why is that plant over there? It was always right there. Why do you have it all over there now? Well, Pastor Tim, we've always wanted to get rid of it. <laughs> but we couldn't because you was around. But because you ain't around no more, we was able to move it. And you know what? I'm able to stand there and see the glory of the Lord being revealed. They bowed because they looked in and saw their Savior. The king said, wait a minute. Didn't I tell you to put three in the furnace? He says, king, we could even put the three in there because everybody died that sent, you sent down there but the three. He says, well, I see four walking around in the fire. And the fourth one looks like the Son of God. I want to declare to you today that there will be fires. Not fires because of anything you've done, but with ministry comes fires. But guess who's in the fire? And your response should never be, it's a fire. <laughs> Grab the kids, let's go. Your response is going to be bowing down. Isn't that crazy? Bowing down because of what you see. There are going to be times where you're going to scratch your head. And God says, I got you right where you, I want you. Because this is in this place that you'll say, God, what do I do now? There are going to be times where God's going to tell you to expand beyond the provision that you see available to you right now. And God said, but with every vision, I give you provision. I'll give you a building that used to be a goodwill that's just toe up in this toe up from the flow up and and I'm going to tell you to have Sunday service here and it's Thursday and you're going to make shift stuff because God's always speaking into where you're going not where you're at 
Can you worship me when you don't have enough chairs? Can you worship me when the ceiling is falling in? Can you worship me when the rug needs change? Can you just give me the glory in the midst of the fire? Can you praise my name and worship me? Because if you can, then I can trust you with more. I'm not changing things. I'm expanding Cornerstone Las Vegas. Come on, give him a praise. I'm going to ask Pastor Joey and his wife to come on up. They're going to come up to the stage, and this is like a marriage ceremony right now. We're going to do a marriage ceremony, and I'm just so glad again that I have some awesome leaders here with me today. We're going to lay hands on them in just a moment. But we got to first see if they accept the job. <laughs> this is an awesome moment and an awesome day, and I'm so glad all of you are here. I was speaking to Pastor Greg, and he said, listen, this is what they want. They want it to just be about baptisms afterward because you know when it's your day you ready to party celebrate me hey but to know that they wanted baptism and they wanted celebration with you all is awesome so come on over come on I know he ran down so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the role come on in the name of Jesus he left no just, just kidding. he's covering she said oh goodness wait a minute no, no, you're good. Stand right there. And, and I'm going to read some things. And at the very end, I just want you to say, I will, if you will. All right, I love the fact that you're holding hands. You, this is going to be important. Any pastors in here know this right here. You're going to have to pray for him when he doesn't feel like he doesn't. I don't know, baby. I called Tim in California. They got a position for me out there. I'm ready to <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have to do this right here you have to pray him through you have to pray her through when you guys throw in your hands and pray each other through seek God's face seek godly counsel and wisdom and know that God's called you for this moment and you can't get cut from what God's called you After I speak this and they say I will, hopefully, I'll speak to the audience, the church that are going to be supporting. And I'm going to give you a charge, and I want to hear you say, I will, or we will. That's important because when you hear somebody not operating in the we will, you got to turn to them and say, that's not what we promised we would do. We promised we would pray. We promised we would lift them up in prayer and seek God for them and on their behalf. So your we will is going to be important. And then I'm going to invite some of those leaders on stage, and we're just going to just pray over them and lay hands on them. Amen. We have more anointed men and women in this house than I could ever be. All right? So let's say this. I'm going to say this. The office of a four-square pastor is a sacred trust given by the international church of the Foursquare Gospel in accordance to the will and the calling of God. 
having been recommended by our district supervisor, Billy Calderwood, and approved, you all have been approved, according to the bylaws of the church by the board of directors. These are the things that we're asking you to do in your role. To vote yourself to worship of the Almighty God. To study the Word of God. And to personal purity and maturity in your Christian character. To give yourselves to evangelism of this community that God's called you to. Striving for the salvation of souls and to see 50 baptisms all the time. <laughs> to devote yourself to preaching and teaching and servant leadership. Dedicating yourself to the edification and maturing of each member that God has given you. Count that as, wow, thank you God for entrusting me with this woman and this man. Not they get on my nerves. Lord, thank you for them. To nurture and develop, and I love your heart in this, Pastor Joey, spiritual leaders, and enlist with the approval of the church council, additional staff, additional pastoral team members as necessary to carry out the ministry of the church. To present the Great Commission and encourage financial and prayerful support of the Foursquare missions and faithful participation in the Foursquare extension time. Together with, the church, with other members of the church council, have general responsibility for the business, the financial integrity, and other administrative matters of this local church, this church, this great work that God has entrusted you all with. And it's gonna get bigger. Just see it, it's going to get bigger. Represent the strength of God given, the God given distinctives of the international church of the Foursquare gospel, its goals, and its missions. Acts 20 and 28 says, Take heed to yourself and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased by his own blood. God, help me lead your people that you shed your blood in order for me to lead. If you accept this and this responsibility and will execute it to the best of your ability, you're not going to be perfect. But your intentions will always be to serve and honor God. If you accept this role, say, I will. Say, we will. Wait, what did you say? What did you say? <laughs> he will. I, th I thought it said, she said he will. No, no. She said we. <laughs> they said we. They said. Now to the church, look at your pastors. Look at them. I charge you, church, as Pastor Kent, Pastor Justin, Pastor Pete, and others that are here, if you guys can make your way up, we're going to let any other pastors that are here, come on, make your way up. Wives, you're welcome to come on. Come on with them. Cammy, like, don't play with me today, Tim. Come on, let's come on. We're gonna... 
You all are welcome to come up when you want. I know this is, a, this is an honoring moment for your parents to watch you. We're going to get ready to lay hands on you in just a moment. Church, this is the charge to you. Those that God has assigned you here to be a part of this church, God's getting ready to do some things that you have not even began to even understand. God's going to do some great things, and this is what I'm asking, and this is what I'm charging you. And if you accept this charge, this is what I want you to do. I want you to say, we will. You will pray for your pastor. You will call their name out daily. It's natural for us to question, but instead of questioning, we're going to ask God to fill them with wisdom and give them direction. The thoughts that you're going to think about them, just as God thinks about you, will be good and never evil. When people come or people want to gossip and say to you, well, I think and I think, say, you know what? It's not about what we think. It's about what the Lord says. So let's be prayerful that the Lord continues to speak. And let's remember always, say this to one another, let's remember always the laying on of hands that happened this day in October. You accept that challenge and, and receive that charge. Say, we will. All right, all right. All right. That was good, wasn't it? That was good. Is there, a, is there a mic? Pastor Kent, can you come up to the front? I'm going to have Pastor Kent lead this prayer. And Pastor Pete and Justin, if you guys can go around. Let's just go around. We're going to begin to lay hands on him. Here you go, Pastor Kent. We're going to lay hands on him. Stretch your hands towards our pastors here. Pastor Pete, if you have something you want to add in that prayer, please grab the mic and do that. Thank you, Jesus, 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 for this mighty man and mighty couple of God. Lord, we thank you for this day, Lord, that we've been waiting for for a while, and now it's happening finally. And so, Lord, we ask that you would pour out your anointing, even double portion of your anointing and wisdom and insight. Lord, we ask that you would fan the fire of this man's heart for your kingdom to see the expansion that you have planned for this yes, church God. and for his family, yes, oh God. Yes, God. Lord, we ask that you would strengthen this couple, oh God, even tighter and stronger, that you would put a hedge of protection around their entire family and their entire children, oh God. Lord, that they would be the next generation to carry the torch, oh God, into the next generation. Lord, that they will see many young people, many more young people, planted and growing strong here lord you've caused cornerstone to be a great impact in the las vegas community lord and we expect and we anticipate even more father god more fruit from this church greater fruits oh god stronger fruit oh god pastors and evangelists teachers and prophets lord to be birthed out of this church oh god 
But Lord, you've called this church, I believe, to be a generational church. A Lord that will touch, oh God, generations to come, generations upon generations, oh God. That this church will be a prophetic church, oh God, that will speak your word with the support and the prayers of its people, their ohana. Lord, and we thank you, God, that they'll never do this, this harvest or reaping of the harvest alone, oh God. That there are pastors and friends, pastoral friends and counselors surrounding them, cheering them on, Lord. That if ever they become weary, they'll always be another oasis of a church, Foursquare Church, nearby or around. Lord, that this, you're causing a new friendship new friendship and camaraderie to be around them that they are, they are they're not doing ministry alone but father we thank you for the faithfulness oh god of this family lord we thank you even now that you're pouring out a pouring out a new fire fan the flame fan their hearts oh god to be a flame that's not just uh, something that we can see oh god but we know that the greatest uh, way to cook a steak is through slow burn <laughs> and so lord we ask that you would fan the flame of a slow burn of ministry intensiveness and expectation and faithfulness and loyalty oh god and may their hearts burn even brighter for you may cornerstone be a light oh god to this dark generation in jesus name Pastor Joe um, called me some months ago and asked me if I would participate in this service today, to which I responded, well, that, that's my deepest honor. Um, I don't get asked to do a lot of stuff like that, but for whatever reason, um, you know, I've been here before and, and spoken, and I've been invited to come and celebrate the 35-year anniversary. Um, but I think, I think the significant um, thing about what's happening today is I've been a part of the Cornerstone family now for 20 years and three months. Um, Cammie and I, this is my bride, Cammie, right here. We moved to Cedar City, Utah to plant a church right as the districts were being multiplied. And we came out of the Bay Area, and Robbie Booth was the, was the supervisor of the Western District at the time. And when, when uh, the districts multiplied, they carved out the southwest corner of Utah and connected it with Las Vegas. And I thought that was super bizarre. I'm like... I don't know who you're listening to, but that can't be God. And, and Robbie said, well, I want, this is what I want you to do. I want you and Cammie and Hannah and Bubba, is all we had then. Um, I, I, want, I want for you to drive down to, to Las Vegas and, and just meet Greg Massoneri and pray. And, and you tell me whether or not that's the man God's called to lead you and your family in this next phase of your life. So in many ways, Joey, you and I are brothers, right? Um, because Greg, Greg for, for 20 years has been the father figure in the ministry yeah. that I didn't have. I didn't have mentors. I didn't have uh, leaders. Um, we were kind of that church plant that was like, hey, on your way, go to Utah. And uh, so, so we came down in, I, I want to say it was around October of, of, 20, of, of 2002, and we met in your office, which is different now, with Christopher Dare and Jeremy and you. And Cammie and I drove home, and, and we said, that, that's the man. That's a man I can follow. 
And so then, then we started recruiting a team, and in, in February of, 2020, of 2003, we had our first service. And the Saturday before our church, I don't know if you remember this, the Saturday before our first Sunday morning service, this big, massive bouquet of flowers shows up at my house sent by you. I think it was sent by Karen, actually, but you probably gave the orders. <laughs> and uh, she gave me the orders. She gave you the orders. And then, and then in 2005, um, we uh, uh, moved into a facility and asked you to come up and dedicate the facility and to dedicate our, our daughter, Leah, who had just been born. And so this picture, um, let's see if we can, there, there's uh, Pastor Greg and, and Hannah now was 20 and married and Leah's 17. And, and who's the fat guy? That's your question there. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but um, and, and all throughout our time as church planters in Utah, um, Greg was always available um, to, to lead us, to guide us, knew you were always praying for us. And there's three, three pieces of wisdom, well, maybe four, um, that, that you gave to me that I want to pass on to you. Um, there, I, I, I would, back in those days, and still even these days, but back in those days, always interested in, in, in the guys that had done it before. How did you do it? How did you do it? And you said these three things to me. You said, Pete, just always remember the door's always open to everybody that walks through it. Door's always open. Um, and then, and then, and then uh, you said, this was tough for me. Um, remember, you can't save them all. And you asked me straight up, you said, are you okay with the fact that you can't save them all? And I said, no. And you said, you'll never be any good at this job. <laughs> because Jesus is the Savior, not you. And then the third, the third thing you said was, um, uh, never get possessive of people. I don't know if you remember this. You're probably impressed that I remember. <laughs> you said, never get possessive of people. Everybody will leave. You said, some will get mad at you and leave. Some will get mad at you and leave. Um, some will move. All the rest will die. <laughs> they're, they're all leaving. You don't own them. And then, and then one, one fateful day, I, I got a job driving a school bus back in the church planting days because um, I needed to make some money because we were in Utah and nobody had any really. I'm driving a school bus, and I was thinking that it was going to be the last day. Cammie remembers this well. Um, you had been up to Cedar City, and you, this was not the only time that you came up. You also came up during the, the 2004 Olympics when they were in Athens and fell asleep in our living room, to which Cammie was like, he feels comfortable in our house. You were the bigwig, bro. You were, like, you were like the man, and you came to our house, and we didn't have anything to offer you, and she made you on white bread a sandwich with lunch, and some, you ate it. And she's like, he, he fell asleep in our house. It was unbelievable. <laughs> but I'm driving a school bus, and this is in the early days of the cell phones, which you're not supposed to talk on while you're driving, much less driving a school bus. <laughs> I may or may not have done that. But I needed, I needed to talk to you. I, I, I didn't know who else to talk to, didn't know else, who else to turn to. And the bus was empty. I was on my way back to the bus garage, and I... And I grabbed out the phone um, because I was desperate and I needed some wisdom and I needed some help. And this has carried me through the last 20 years. And it goes in line, Tim, with what you've, with what you've already shared about, about you know, the, the dreams are bigger than the budget. They're bigger than the budget. But um, 
I called you up and I said, Pastor Greg, I don't know what to do. We're going to have to go home. And you said this to me. You said, you're already home. Give Jesus till the end of the day. Just give Jesus to the end of the day. And I cannot tell you how many times I've told that to my staff, Kent. How many times I've told that to my family. How many times I've told that to people in need. Just give Jesus to the end of the day. That's good. And I went to the mailbox and there was money in it, bro. <laughs> and and that, that, that's, that's, that's lived with me forever. And, and um, Paul's pastoral charge to Timothy was find some young men that you can pass on what you've learned. And Pastor Greg, you've done that for me. You've done that for Cammie and I. I've told people all around, uh, all around the country and all around the world, um, and I've told you before, but in this um, group of witnesses, I'll say it again, the ministry in Cedar City would not be successful if it was not for the fact that God placed you. And you could say it was, well, God could have used anybody, but he didn't, he used you. Um, My family wouldn't be what it is. My marriage wouldn't be what it is. I know that not only the wisdom that you've passed on to me, um, uh, but the prayers and the time on your knees. I know that you think about us often, and I know that you're always laying us before Jesus in your daily prayer time. Galen, the times that we've been on the bus together going to and from camps and talking about how good McDonald's really is. <laughs> it's the world's best hamburger. Yes. Um, in my opinion, and the rest of the world's opinion, by the way. Joey, um, it's my deepest honor um, in whatever way possible to be for you what your dad's been for me. Um, to pray, to lay you guys and your girls before the Lord on a daily basis. Um, I know I'm not the only one, but I am one. And in any way that we can serve or support, answer questions, pray for you, put a smile on your face, which I know happens every time. I, I am for you what Paul says to the churches. Every time I think of you, it makes me smile. <laughs> I cherish the friendship of the Massonaries and uh, uh, what it means to us to be invited to be a part of this today. So in all of that, um, what you already sang, the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you, to give you peace and to grace. And from this generation to this generation, may his favor rest upon you to the next generation and the next generation. Yeah, that's, good. The next generation. that's good. Come on, give them a hand. This is awesome. We're going to have them do one more thing in front of everybody. Pastor Joey, I'm going to have you do one more thing in front of everybody. We've had the prayer. We've blessed you. We've heard the church say we will. We've, they've heard you say I will. Now we're going to have you sign this thing in front of everybody. You have a, we got to sign it. Yeah. You have a pen on you? Anybody have a pen on? He says, I didn't bring my pen. Oh, there it is. There, we got one right there. We got one. All right. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. 
All right, everybody ready? To, come on, stand right next to him. Where's his wife? Let, let, let her stand right next to you. Get your cameras out. Get Because, listen, this should be blown up and put on the wall. He signed it. <laughs> All right. Congratulations. my beautiful wife. I wanted to close, and Pastor Tim said, it's, it's your time to address the church, and I feel like I've been addressing the church for a while, but when people ask the questions, you know, what do you do next? And, and I thought, you know, we need to, uh, yeah, I signed it. I, I didn't sign, I signed her name. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but you know what we're going to do next is we're going to simply do what Jesus told us to do. We're going to receive communion. We're going to ask people. We're going to invite people in. We're going to invite people to be baptized. Um, and I thought well, there's no better way. And I, I thought it was interesting, just some of the pastors that are here with Justin and Gary and Pete. That would, that's just my prayer for our family that, my goodness, um, can't. I want some of your discipleship to rub off on me, the way you teach people. You know, Justin, since you were like 13, you gave the best hugs. People tell me I don't. I don't hug like Pastor Greg, and I don't. <laughs> I hug her like good, but that's about it. Um, when you talk about, you know, I want some of that Pete Akins, your creativity, your ideas just always blow me away. But more importantly, your, the way you just wield scripture. I want to be more like that. Tim, you did it today. You know what I mean? When you, when you brought it. Gary back there, your love of people. I want to love more like Gary. And I see my dad over here. And I would just say it like this, I just, I just want his anointing. That's it. And more of it. So, I'll, uh, you know, lead us in communion and that's it. But PG, I would say that. Um, I remember watching you preach in 96, 97, bringing college kids back. And they didn't know about this church in Las Vegas. Life Bible College didn't. They treated like Las Vegas like a desert. They didn't know much about Las Vegas. I remember all the kids would go back. They're like, that's the best preacher I've ever heard. And uh, there's one thing I just know. I, I won't be as good a preacher as my dad. That's all right. But I, I think if we make much of Jesus, that's okay, isn't it? Make much of that name, celebrate that name, point people to that name, and that's it. On the night Jesus was betrayed, I don't, if anybody here needs some communion, we can pass it out. He was with his disciples. And I'm always amazed. This is what I love about Jesus. It said he took the time to have communion with Judas still present. Yeah. That always blows me away. Because if you know me and I, I talk about this and I love movies like Tombstone, right? You know, I preach, I, I love movies where there's a good story of, of revenge. But I was thinking about this. You know, we've all had moments where we get to take communion with Jesus, and we've all had moments in our lives where we are a whole lot more like Judas yeah. than we are like anybody else at that table. Amen? Amen. 
And yet we still get to come before the Lord. He took the bread, and the Bible says he broke it. And when we do this, can we do this, church, in remembrance of him? Let's partake of the bread. And then Jesus took the cup. He said, this is representing the new covenant, my blood, which is poured out for you, representing what? The forgiveness, the cleansing of our sin. Jesus being that access point to God the Father because no one comes to the Father except through him. So can we take the cup as we close today? And can we drink and can we do this in remembrance of him? close and uh, before we get ready for some tapas we got some appetizers outside before we get ready for some baptisms I would like one more prayer over my family and that's my dad would you come up and pray for us and uh, yeah can we bring our beautiful girls up here careful with little ones there we go did Quinn just jump it? She did. That's Quinn. But I know we were talking about a lot, and we're, you all know me. I like to get church out in an hour and 20 minutes. But it's okay. Is it okay to go a little bit longer today? Scooch that over. But Papa G, um, would you close us? Look, he's like getting that. Give me that mic back. No, I'm teasing. I'm joking. But I would be honored if you would. Close us out in prayer today. Pastor Mike, Becky, come on over here. This, this is Becky's, or Becky's, this is, what's your name again? This is Lindsay's parents, and of course, you know Pastor Mike, uh, been an amazing, amazing partner in ministry all these years. And these are our shared grandchildren. And what's your name, young lady? Harper. Harper. Hi, I'm, I'm Greg. Nice to meet you. And what's your name? Quinn. Quinn. And you're trouble, aren't you? And who is this, you lovely lady? Peyton. Peyton. When we started Cornerstone from the very inception, we had a vision of building strong families for Christ. There is nothing greater than having your kids run onto the church property and know that they're welcome there. There's a lot of pastors who raise children that they resent the church. They resent it taking their parents away from them. Let me tell you, this family right here knows the joy of not only the Lord, but that joy reigns in their household. Would you stretch your hands towards them as they take the leadership? Father, we come before you. Lord, I can't help but think that uh, what an incredible insight into Joey's heart. I had all these plans, Lord. I wanted to give him this and give him that and a video uh, testimony and people writing cards. And he goes, Dad, can we not do any of that? Can we just do communion and we can we do a baptism? That's a heart, Lord, that you can deal with. We pray that your hand would be upon him and Lindsay, that their partnership would be a triple braided cord that would not easily be broken, 
that the day that is in front of them will be greater than the days behind them. That more people will come to know Christ. More people will step out into mission. More pastors will be called because of the gospel commission that you have given to this family. May your love and protection be upon them. May their anointing of the Holy Spirit take them to places they've never even dreamed of. And may it be done through the simplicity by simply worshiping and honoring the one who's given us life. His name is Jesus. Father, I know that if they just lift up the name of Jesus, you've promised that you would draw all men unto you. We commission them, we thank you for them, and we pray tenfold blessing upon them. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone together declaratively said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today, and a special thanks to those who give to Cornerstone. You know, it's because of you, our ministry, it's possible. Uh, you can click the link in the description to give now or visit us at cornerstonelv.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, you can share it with friends, share it with family, help us spread God's word. You can also join us live every Sunday. We invite you, 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. We stream service live. Thank you again for listening.